or two or three. Red or white? Shouldn't we wait for the others? Every year, Ellen assembles the same group of girlfriends to celebrate my birthday. We were all roommates in law school, but she's the only one I've stayed close to. Ellen thinks she's doing me a favor by getting us all together, as if this annual reunion will magically transport me back to my 20s. But it depresses me. This year, I postponed it a couple of times with lame excuses, until I couldn't put it off any longer. Answer the question, red or white? Her voice has that prosecutorial determination she uses in the courtroom. Red, I guess. She scans the wine list, motions for the waiter. We'd like a bottle of Chianti. The Bonfi, please. Ellen is one of those people who knows her wines. She's also a great tennis player and gardener, not to mention lawyer, wife, and mother. I'd hate her except for the fact that she's one of the very few people who knows me well and loves me anyway. By the time the wine comes, Valerie and Wendy have arrived. Valerie looks great her thick red hair swept up and pinned loosely in one of those arrangements that looks artsy and casual, but undoubtedly takes a lot of time. Helen sends her regrets, she says. Last-minute babysitting for the grandchildren. God, says Wendy. Can you believe we're old enough to have grandchildren? There's a moment of discomfort, a pang of silence, in which I wonder if they're all thinking the same thing. Yes, we're all old enough, but one of us won't ever have grandchildren. Ellen, bless her heart, recovers quickly, lifts her glass toward me. To Sally, who gets better every year. I lift mine, take a swallow big enough, I hope, to bring me back to myself, whoever that is. Yeah says Wendy. I heard things are getting better for you in the love department. She leans across the table and lowers her voice. It's only then that I notice the little pucker lines around her mouth. Otherwise, she could pass for 35. He's a vet, right? Just a good friend at this point, I say. She's being coy, if it's possible for Sally to be coy, Ellen says. She pours the rest of the bottle into my glass, orders another. Maybe, since he's a vet, she says, he could help you with the cat case. Cats? Valerie says, her eyes widening. Don't tell me the cats as are divorcing. Cat, as in feline, I say. But it's not official yet. She did such a good job on the dog case, the probate judge wants her to represent a cat, explains Ellen, as if I'm not there. And then, because the chatter around us makes it hard to hear, she continues in her loud, lawyer-in-the-courtroom voice, you know about her thing with the dog, right? Of course, it is at this very moment that the waiter reappears, and although he can't miss hearing her thing with the dog... He pretends, as he takes our orders, that he hasn't. We smother our laughter until he leaves, then explode. Everyone in the room turns around to look. Okay, says Valerie, after we've recovered our respectability. I want the whole story. Sorry, 
I say. Client confidentiality. Bullshit, says Ellen. Your client was a dog. A dog doesn't have any secrets. So, tell all, insists Valerie. When I'm finished, she says. So, let me get this straight. Joe Baynard, judge of the Charleston family court, who happens to be your ex-husband, appoints you to represent a schnauzer in a divorce case? Not because the dog really needs a lawyer, but because he, Joe, is still in love with you? Well, to be fair to him, I said, it was the case from hell. And poor Sherman, Sherman, the dog. Sherman was right in the middle of it, like a kid in the middle of a custody case. So, says Wendy, Joe could...